0: Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland
1: Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. Look in my eyes, what do you
0: see? The
2: And welcome everybody to a brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network, coming to you live from the Al Davis studio on the bucolic western shore of Maryland, along the banks of the semi-historic Maggie River. You are listening to the Voice of Maryland, Maryland's leading conservative talk show, Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Brian Griffiths, with me in studio as always, Greg Klein. Good to be here. Uh, Later on in the show, we'll unpack uh, some of what happened on Tuesday, which of course is not all great news, so we'll talk a little bit about that and what it means going forward. It's not all
3: great news.
2: Um, (laughs) We'll also talk a little bit about... um, We'll talk about Governor Hogan's tax proposal today, which, if you've been paying attention, should not be news to you. You've seen it before, and uh, we'll talk. There's a there's a local connection to this Roy Moore story, so we'll talk a little bit about that later on as well. Jo- I finally, get to play something I've had in the queue for a long time. <laughs> Joining us on the hotline, though is uh, adam mckee adam joined us uh, a couple of months ago to discuss he was considering a run for congress at the time uh and so he's returned to red maryland radio to uh to make a bit of an announcement adam thanks for joining us tonight man Uh uh-oh can you hear
3: us adam you're on the air hello
1: Oh, okay. Okay. How you doing? Oh, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little. I was a little I'm nervous. I thought you're talking I, with the mute on. Oh.
2: <laughs> I thought it was a technical hey, problem on our well, end. Me, so That makes
1: me feel better. Let, let's, no. Let's, let's reset this. We'll start this all over again. How you doing? <laughs>
2: good. How are you doing tonight?
1: Thanks for. Ha- Great. Thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it. Sure. Um, not a it's problem. It's been a couple months. July, I think, when I was on the first time. Um, uh, just kind of rem- uh, kind of reset where we were at that time. Uh, there were at that time no declared candidates for the con- uh, congressional seat uh, that John Delaney was giving up, and I had looked around and I said, "Man, we have to have a good candidate because I, I just can't I just can't bear the thought of having another Democrat running uh, uh, running the sixth district uh, seat for us again." And you know, the presumptive uh, candidate, you know, per- perennial candidate is, is Ami Hober, and that, that didn't sit with me very well either. So I said, man, we got to have somebody good in there, and I really, really hope we can find somebody good in there. And I said, if, if, if we cannot find somebody that will will uphold sort of the the new conservative beliefs that, that President Trump has laid out and that the people of Maryland, or the, at least the conservatives in Maryland and most of the people in the far western part of the state have voted for, uh, then I'll do it, uh, and so I. But I also told you at the time that um, that if if a, if a candidate would emerge that that held those beliefs, that I would I would be very happy with that, and I don't need to necessarily run. Uh, so I, I sat I sat back and I, I, I sort of set a time frame of of the November time frame to to make a decision. Uh, and during that time, other candidates have emerged and they have put themselves into the race, and I've I've. Kind of looked at them all very carefully, and I've talked to a few of them, uh, and and I have decided that uh, the, that it probably isn't the right time for me to run, uh, and I'm going to throw my support behind one of them. And uh, there's there's multiple reasons for it. Um, one of them is that uh, my I'm going to go through a work change right now, and it's sort of not a good time to be campaigning. Uh, I can't. I've told you guys back in July that I can't. Uh, you know, I'm not independently wealthy. I can't just take a year off to campaign. So I, I do need to maintain employment during this time. Uh, and if you're going through a job change, it's, it kind of kind of ruins that. Um, the uh, the other the other sort of factors involved with it is when I uh, w- when some of the candidates emerged, like Brad Roars was on uh, one of the Red Maryland podcasts. I don't know if it was your I don't think it was yours, but one of the other ones was on recently. Uh, and then Matt Mossberg has come out and he's he's kind of given his views and it, it occurred to me that uh, the worst thing we can do would be to do something like what happened uh, back in back in the 1800s by 1860s that that resulted in, um, uh, in in Lincoln winning the the election you know the two Democrats split the vote and Lincoln just sailed right through and we could easily do that in the primary here where uh, all the uh, all the 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 non-establishment thinking conservative candidates sort of split the vote and then Ami hober just kind of walks in with 30 percent like she did two years ago into the nomination uh and i, I don't want to see that because i don't think she could win uh and i would like to see somebody uh that we can all rally around uh and and i and i know that uh that matt for example is is He's, got a, he's, he's very committed to what he's doing. He's got, a good, uh, he's got a good ground game. He's got a lot of people behind him now, and he's got experience on his side in terms of running a race. So he's, he's going to be in it to win it. And if I were to run right now, I mean, I could certainly steal votes from him, uh, and, and that would only serve to increase Ami's chance of winning the nomination. And that's as I've stated before, I really wouldn't want that to happen. So I talked to Matt. And, uh, I went to his kickoff event and met with him and we talked about the issues and, uh, and I have decided to fully support him in his, in his bid for the, for the uh, nomination.
2: Okay. Fantastic news. Matt Mossberg gets the endorsement of Adam McKee. Um, so, uh, obviously you laid out your reasons very nicely, um, as to why you've decided personally not to run and why you're, you're endorsing Matt, um, So thank you for coming on and making that announcement here, obviously. Do you have any plans um, in the immediate future? Any other? You mentioned that you weren't going to campaign for Congress. Are you going to consider running for another office, consider running for Republican Central Committee, (laughs) or are you just going to completely dedicate your political time at this moment to supporting Matt Mossberg?
1: Well, I mean, I haven't been drafted into any other positions at this point. Uh, I'm not even aware uh, if there are any positions that are in desperate need of a candidate that's, that's not qualified, but, um, uh, or that is qualified rather. Uh, I, uh, I have told uh, Matt and his, and his campaign staff that I am available if they need any, any help, uh, you know, any advocacy or any, anything from me that I can do, I will be more than happy to help him in that endeavor. Uh, I, uh, as far as running for anything this time around like i said if, if somebody wants to make a great case for me that i sh- you know that they really want me to run for a particular office then i will consider it but uh it's not on the plate right now uh yeah I, I don't but but i will say this um you haven't seen the last of me uh i'm going to be you know while i will be a big supporter of matt's i will also be uh holding his feet to the fire on on the issues um you know i uh, i I definitely don't want to see uh, what we see out of a lot of the Republican candidates that go to Congress is that they immediately fall into the swamp and start acting like it, uh, and he says he won't and i I will take him on his word for it, but only to a point i'm definitely going to be watching him and, and, and making sure that you know that, uh, that he knows where I feel on things and stand on things and then and he keeps he makes us proud and I think he will.
2: All right, well, Adam McKee, thanks uh, Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for making your announcement here, and uh, we and our listeners will uh, will catch you on the trail. So thanks a lot for coming on. Take care.
1: Well, can I say one last thing? Sure. Can I say one last thing? I wanted to say thank you very much to, to the listeners of your, of your podcast. Uh, I have received no small amount of enjoyment. It's been a huge amount of enjoyment every month looking at the poll results and seeing the people, you know, I, I don't think I won any of them, but I was coming in second on some of these, and it was like, it was great. You know, I'm really, really very uh, heartwarming to, ha- to have the support of your uh, of your listening audience. And uh, like I said, I, I do want to talk to you again sometime in the future. Feel free to reach out to me anytime you want to get my opinion on anything, and I'll be listening.
2: Sounds thanks good. You so Thank much. you very much. Adam, thanks a lot for joining us. So the big news here tonight on, on Red go. Maryland Radio, that one of our potential candidates for – um, for Congress in the in the 6th District, uh, Adam McKee will not be running for Congress and has endorsed Matt Mossberg. There you go. Field uh, narrowing a bit, and, and Matt picking up that endorsement. Go. Yeah, So we're down to four candidates uh, who are actively campaigning at the moment, or filed, I should say. Right. Um, we have uh, Brad Roers, who of course was on Red Merrill Election Focus. Election Focus, you. that's what he was thinking. Huh? Uh, uh, we Focus. have uh, Matt Mossberg, who of course joined us last week to talk he about did. his National Review article. We have Lisa Lloyd. Who nobody's really quite sure what her deal is. Nobody's we'd love to have her on. We'll have nobody's her. Uh, nobody's really kind of heard hide or hair from her since she filed, and of course Ami Hober, the uh, who would also love to have on Ami's welcome we anytime. W- the door is open. The door has always been open. Yeah, for Adam, uh, for uh, for Ami, excuse me to to come on board. Well, the door is open for Adam as well. Yes. So um, just kind of a housekeeping issue on the sixth district race. Um, we must keep house. Yes. Is that you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about. Ami's kickoff video. We did, which was on her uh, on her Facebook page. Yes, and we uh, we kind of savaged it. I think that's a fair word to use. We gave some notes. Yeah, yeah, and apparently they must have been listening to those notes. Um, so because there was a, a new version of that video came out this week, uh, which had a a much clearer, better looking camera angle. Yes, uh, looked like it was at least vaguely professionally shot, or at least at least was shot on using a tripod and an iPhone, not from across the room. Well, I don't know if it was an iPhone. It, it,
3: it was better quality video. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was edited, and there were other shots. Yeah, it was put in it and was very kind of stuff slickly stuff done produced
2: as well. And added which, and which... added some some endorsements at the end of people who who elected officials and candidates who were in the room, right? Who were not,
3: which uh, is one of the problems with the original video. Obviously, they had raw footage that was much better than what was posted. That's the first thing that we know. But
2: they left that out there for two weeks before they got around to putting yeah, out actually clean footage. Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't have any insight into the campaign as to why that was. But well, uh, they definitely, you know, because I can understand. Look, you got it takes a little time to produce something from that raw, whatever, and and the final product is is much much better. But there was clearly raw footage that they used in there that that would have been better to have out um, than, than what they chose to have. It's still kind of flawed. You mentioned they had some folks at the end who were supporting her. There's still nobody else in the shot other than the person at the who's speaking at the time, you know, which I don't know. We've done these before, but but okay, David, I hope that we were helpful in our and certainly we gave a lot of constructive criticism. As to how it could be improved, so but we hope that that uh, yeah, so was well It's received. nice. It's
2: nice to know that the Hober campaign is is listening. I will say,
3: the I, I'm, and I'm sure anybody who saw it would tell them a lot of the same things with, that we were saying. The, the
2: Hober campaign, though, could be in trouble, though, and then we'll we'll go ahead and um, move on to something else after this, because as you know, oh, as we trouble. as we reported at Red Maryland Radio, um, or RedMaryland.com, rather, excuse right. me, that um. The Hober campaign has staffed up, and Paul Ellington is sure. is on staff there. But of course, if if you no listen, if you listen to my appearance on WBAL uh, with Andrew Langer on Saturday, I I'm sure everyone did. I mentioned that uh, Michael Steele is considering the race, and of course, uh, Paul Ellington has a very uh, very long history of working closely. You know, I actually missed that part of the discussion. I mean, Andrew Langer,
3: no secret, is very, very good friends with Michael Steele. Right did did <laughs> did did Andrew jump in and and name drop and say I talked to him? No, last but I did. I did
2: mention he he, he did, asked did he do one of those. Oh, oh really? Uh, no, he said. Who's that candidate? I said, look in the look in the look in the tag of your shirt where it says owned by. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't name drop. Has not. No, he's he's. I'm he's, sorry. Were you on the Andrew Langer show? He was going corporate. Oh getting, my! Getting that. Getting yeah. He's he's becoming. Coming, Andrew Langer. I kn- jockey
3: the Andrew Langer I know would have said oh yeah I talked to him last week and he was saying that and blah 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 well, and then we saw and then and then you know Ed Meese walked by and you know stuff probably more relevant
2: uh well then well and then so, that, so I, but, anyway I mentioned I mentioned Michael Steele what's going to run on there uh and of course with with Paul Ellingson having a long history with Michael Steele having worked as in sure. uh, his staff when he was lieutenant governor worked with him at GOPAC right you have to assume that um Ellington would leave the Hober campaign to go work for a, steel, a potential steel campaign, and that would leave the Hober campaign in quite a lurch. I guess so. That's a yeah. lot of what ifs. It, oh, of course, it's a lot of what ifs. But it's, it's a lot of what ifs. It's politics. What's what we do? It's what ifs. Okay. What ifs? Hey, real funny story by the way. I don't know if you caught it. Um, is that at the very end of my of my of my segment with with Langer, I mentioned that for the best political coverage, right. go to redmaryland.com. dot And right. Andrew had to jump in because, of course. <laughs> His bosses at WBAL don't want to hear that. They want to say, for, for, for top conservative coverage, he's corrected. And it's like, eh, I like mine better. RedMaryland.com.
3: Oh, good. So you, you burn that bridge so that he can never have you back on. Way to go. <laughs> good job. That's what a good guest does is he shows up the host. Well, that's a way to get invited back.
2: <laughs> See, the thing way is, to I, think it I, through, Brian. I, I like it animal style. So okay, um, okay. I, I will. I will be remiss, by the way, if I didn't mention that you got a, a hit on WMAL Yeah, uh, in D C. on on Tuesday. Once you got your cell phone signal taken care of, or whatever was going on there. Uh, you know, it
3: happens sometimes, unfortunately, in the, in the world of communications. It, and I went back and listened to it. It's on podcast. Maybe we'll. Uh, oh, is it? I did not know clip. that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll pull, pull that clip. Pull that clip and, and post it somewhere. Um, yeah, it was a short little at the beginning, but yeah, no, no, I thought it was a, it was a good hit. I mean, you know, M A L is like keep moving. So it was a five ten minute. That's big bit. time,
2: big major market morning morning zoo radio. Yeah. kind of morning.
3: Kind of yeah. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. that's what folks listen to. And and um, uh, I thought we did well. I I thought it was good. I don't know what what other people thought. I enjoyed it. Was great it. to be on there. And thank you, um, Mary and Vinny and Heather for having having me on. And hopefully, I gave you some insight. Into what was going on. I didn't make any predictions, which was good because <laughs> my predictions were, you know, Republicans just go back to bed. You know, right? well, out of bed. you know, and it's funny
2: because it was also, by the way, you did your regular morning uh, morning hit every Thursday morning, 7.50 a.m. on WGMD.
3: Yeah. Uh, on Salisbury. With Mike Bradley, uh, WGMD.com, WGMD on the TuneIn app or the WGMD app. Yeah. And Mike was Mike knew I was on M.A.L. So he did. He did. It was he was he asked me about being on M.A.L., which I would have never. In a million years, brought up that I was on another radio station.
2: Well, to be fair, it's a different market; it's a whole different animal. Mike's a guy who works in radio a lot. I, I yeah. get it; I get where he's coming from. Uh, it's fine. I have no problem with it,
3: but but if he didn't bring if he didn't mention, I would have never. Oh, it
2: puts it puts you over as a big deal. So I take it. You know, uh, no, and and that's fine
3: if he feels that way. But see, I know not to show the host up and say, "Oh yeah, you know when I was on the really popular station," other than. You know, you're rinky-dink operation out of Lowe's, Delaware. <laughs> Here's what I talked about. Anyway. No, I don't do
2: that. Hey, you know, you mentioned making predictions on the air. Yeah. And uh, earlier this week, it popped up as a Facebook memory, was my appearance on Direct Connection um, the night before the 2010 election, where I appeared with um, Just the Facts on Twitter, Steve Liebowitz, and, of course, our good, dear, close, personal friend, Barry Raskovar. Yeah. And I made the prediction and it turned out to be a very accurate prediction that I said, Governor Ehrlich will surprise a lot of people tomorrow. <laughs> and he did by losing yeah. by a much larger margin than anybody predicted. Um, yeah, that was oh man.
3: You know, we've had we've been doing this for 10 years. So and I guess we're steering into that conversation now. We've had good election nights. We have great election. Well, I was gonna,
2: nights. I was gonna like save that for after the break. I wanted to hit the. Uh... And we've had bad election nights, and this was and one good was... election night we had was th- was three years ago this week when Larry Hogan was elected governor. Right. And today, did you want to take a break? I was no. I, I want I'm gonna segue. I'm gonna segue
3: into. Oh, I want to well, talk then, about. By the, all means. I
2: want to. I'm actually like trying to produce today, and you're like, oh, well. You're on your phone. What are you doing? Well, I'm produce, man. I'm. What are you doing? Well, I'm right now. I'm being talked over. That's what Jerry Rogers feels like. No, I, <laughs> Jerry Rogers just keeps talking and interrupting. You're great, Jerry. Don't take any crap from Love you Andrew. Guys. Um, so Governor Hogan unleashed his uh, unleashed his, his proposal again for um, tax credits for veterans. Very timely, and he said he said today, very interestingly enough, that he thinks that it will pass next year because it is an election year. Which I thought was a very interestingly accurate portrayal of what is likely to happen next year the governor has introduced this bill several times over the past trying to exempt veterans' pensions from from income taxes right. and he thinks probably accurately that it will sail through next year because everybody likes passing a tax cut during during an election year
3: yeah and there's been some you know first responders got a little bit of of, of that and he wants to expand it to, to veterans if I recall correctly this is something he's proposed before it's not a huge you know, it's not a huge tax cut. Only, obviously, it, it affects retirement benefits of veterans. Um, but it's it's something that I think is is very manageable and something that yeah, you know. And the governor's probably right. Look, if he doesn't get it, there's going to be a lot of marginal districts, especially in the state senate, where you know there's going to be a vote on this, and who wants to be the guy who voted against? Uh, especially since the the governor's going to introduce a budget that's going to pass that can that can handle that sort of tax cut, uh, it's going to be hard to uh, to vote down. But, you know, in this General Assembly, who knows, right?
2: Well, you would like to think that with, with so many people running for governor, including at least one legislator, Rich Maddaleno, right? you would think... Oh, Madalino will vote against it. Uh, you would think, though, that... You know, well, and to be fair, we don't know if is actually going to wind up on the ballot running for governor. I know that he's insistent that he will, but I'm still not convinced. Right. Um, you've got to... Th- look, if you look at it cynically,
3: how else can you look at it? But it's a ahead.
2: win-win for everybody. Just Everybody loves veterans. Everybody loves ta- you know, everybody loves giving veterans a tax cut. Everybody loves ha- saying, here's a tax cut I voted for. doesn't matter how much of a damned leftist they are. They love saying, I voted for a tax cut.
3: Unless it's going to be. See, here's here's where I would disagree with you. They hate that the governor's going to be able to campaign on tax cuts. So the governor getting a tax cut to the legislature, regardless of its size or who the beneficiary is, there's some of them who won't want to give him that win. I agree with you. Even if they share in it.
2: See, and this is where this is where the governor's got them. Yeah, no, this is
3: no, this is smart from the governor. Is, look, the governor has been very aggressive. He's been taking on the Democrats, not just sitting back playing defense, being offensive in a lot of ways. He's doing it with what's going on in Prince George's County with this scandal with the schools. Mm-hmm. He's doing it with the school calendar thing that these these uh local, you know, democrat leaning uh, school boards are trying to scare jewish parents with he's going after that he's going after brian Frosch and the cross thing you got a great piece on that which is really taken off at redmaryland.com people ought to check it out um he's going after people and this is another one he's not he's he's coming out after the election and saying i'm announcing a tax cut for veterans this is what i'm doing this is how and of course he's going to get the questions about you know, the election that just happened. That's not the purpose of it. And in fact he made a point of saying, Do you have any questions about what we're actually here for today? Before he took the, But that's what people were gonna he knew he was gonna get those questions. But I, in some way his response to the elections is to come
2: out with a tax cut. Yes. And and look, and here's the thing, okay? And this this will be our lead into a break, which will be into a lead into our conversation about the elections this week. Right. Is the fact that over the course of the last Um, Really, the last six years, ever since Change Maryland has started, Governor Hogan has been consistently saying the same thing over and over again about taxes, about spending, and about the size of government. What Larry Hogan says in November of 2017 as governor is the same thing he said in the spring of 2011 when Change Maryland was launched. Yeah, and he's been
3: consistent and he's and he's followed through as governor. Yeah. He's controlled state spending. He's 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 uh, you know, passed a lot of tax fee toll relief. He'd like to go a lot further. Obviously, that's what he's announcing today. He's been able to, you know, keep up fully fund the state government, record fundings for education, uh record funding for Chesapeake Bay restoration, funding our priorities while still keeping everything in balance and and that's it's why he's so popular but and it's promises made promises kept which is what we said right after he got elected he would need to do and he's done that and and oh yeah by the way the economy is growing and jobs are coming to the state um and and that's no small part because of of some pro-growth pro-business uh efforts that he and his administration have been making so that's what he wanted to run on we we said when he got elected he has to do what he said he was going to do he has to to, in order to be reelected, he has to run on a record of success, right? Um, and doing what he said he was going to do, and it would have to have a positive impact, and it has. So he set him up, set himself up to do that. Which again is why he's putting the pedal to the metal. Unlike Bob Ehrlich, who was increasing spe- spending, who was incre- who was spending all the money we had the last couple of years in office, mm-hmm. and wasn't and talking about taxes. It wasn't. Yeah, he was. He he was getting hit with tax increases rather than cutting taxes um Governor Hogan's learned those lessons, learned them well, knows that personal popularity isn't going to get it done, knows that, you know, sometimes you have headwinds coming out of Washington and um he's he's loaded for bear, he's going to go for it. So we'll see.
2: Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the not so lovely totals from uh from Tuesday's election, both here and a little bit you know, we'll talk a little bit about what's happened outside of of Maryland and we'll we'll kind of We'll kind of talk about what it all means for the future. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network.
0: You can help Red Maryland grow our reach. When you visit RedMaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal, a portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at Zazzle.com slash maryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network.
4: Okay, Dwayne, uh... We're going to try it once more. Just remember now, introduce yourself and read what's on the paper in front of you. You got it?
5: Yeah, yeah, I got it.
4: Okay, fine. Dwayne Stop, Substance Abuse Awareness Campaign. This is take nine. <coughs> Dwayne, Dwayne, that's your cue. Oh, uh,
5: right. Anytime you're ready.
4: We're ready, Dwayne. Dwayne, go.
5: Hi, this is Dwayne Stomp of Blacktooth. Kids, when you drink and drive.
4: No, Dwayne, no, no, cut, cut. It's not when you drink and drive.
5: Oh, oh right, right. Uh, oh, let me do it again.
4: Yeah, good idea. Uh, this is Dwayne Stomp. PSA, take ten.
5: Hi, this is Dwayne Stomp. When I drink and drive, I'll
4: cut, Dwayne, cut, Dwayne. Dwayne, this spot is supposed to be against driving while intoxicated. What? Never mind. Uh, We'll do it one more time. And remember, say, don't do drugs. And if you must drink this holiday weekend, don't drive. You got it?
5: I told you I got it.
4: Fine. Uh, Dwayne Stomp, PSA, take, uh, what is it, 11.
5: Hi. I'm Dwayne Stomp telling you, if you do drugs this weekend... Don't drive.
4: Wrong again, Dwayne. It's don't do drugs. Don't do drugs.
5: That's what I said. No,
4: it's not. It's not even close to what you said.
5: You come in this booth, I'll show you how close it was, Sherlock.
4: We're going to do it again, Dwayne. Say, don't do drugs. If you must drink this holiday weekend, do not drive. Take 12.
5: This is Dwayne Stump. Weekends are for drunks do drugs.
4: Okay, Dwayne, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, I think with a little editing, we've got something we can use.
5: Don't do drugs. And if you must drink this holiday weekend, don't drive.
0: One hundred. You're listening to Red Barrel Radio. We're
2: back on Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am Brian. He is Greg. Good to be here. And if you do make a poor decision this holiday weekend, what's that number?
3: 410-541-6DUI. You know, it's funny, Greg. I saw... It's a holiday weekend for some folks, and and God bless you. And obviously, we're celebrating Veterans Day on Saturday.
2: You so... know, I... I um, some of us do in, us don't in get my in my Facebook uh history, you know, the on this day thing, I actually was the 4-year anniversary of a piece that you wrote um, about a certain erstwhile blogger and who and and his uh, his attempts to be the high road after disparaging your work as ah. a defense attorney.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. Which well, I read I-, I
2: read that this morning and just got a chuckle because, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. We're here and he's not. Anyway, Maybe somewhere I imagine. <laughs> um hey, really quick Greg. Uh, I want to point out that um, yes. you know you know how every year the Baltimore Sun does the Mobby Awards. We're gonna do this. Well, we're just gonna All talk right. about it really quickly, let's, let's and then we're never this. gonna talk about it again. Uh, <sighs> this year they've replaced the Mobbies with the Crabbies. They changed the name. They yeah. changed the name. I guess I guess people forget it's Mobtown, and that's a nickname, and that was a play on that because we can't have nice things anymore. Not that these things are a nice thing anyway, but um, mm-hmm. we've been uh-huh. nominated. Multiple times
3: we've been nominated. Please do not vote for us, for God's we've sake. We've been nominated. Yes. Look, you're a rube. Our audience are not rubes. Okay. I, this is all. These entire awards are an attempt for websites like yes. ours to drive traffic to the Baltimore Sun. Yes.
2: Okay. So please don't do that. Okay. Okay. Do not vote in these
3: awards. You nominated us. We're self-nominated. Let Let's not play games. Let's not play games. You did that, and we don't participate. And y- you know we're nominated. They're never going to let us win. Of course. So not. we're not going to campaign. We are, the, we are the don't just. I don't even the, know why we're bringing it up. We're to be the Susan Lucci
2: of of these awards.
3: <laughs> now there were people who were upset that we were nominated. Oh,
2: that was the funny
3: part. Um, I which, love that. Which you that was can take hilarious. Some joy in. But don't hilarious. go to BaltimoreSun.com. You don't no, need to.
2: No, please don't. Just you don't need to hit the tip jar. I just don't even hit, hit the, the tip, tip
3: jar, jar would be fine. Just yeah. forget we brought it up.
2: <laughs> hit the tip jar.
3: Uh, we have this argument because I think sometimes you want to, you want to get involved with, like you want to I do it. I don't care. At one point you want to be included, other. but it doesn't count it if do- if you, we nominate
2: ourselves. None of it matters. None of it matters. None of the, so the why, whole thing's so bullshit. Why go through the exercise the of nominating ourselves? You're uh, saying uh, that you, I, we nom-
3: I nominate I, Oh, you, you're saying you didn't? Come on. Anyway. I'm not pulling the curtain down. <laughs> People are self nominated. People can nominate themselves. You got your Fakakta podcast? In fact, nominate the Fakakta podcast. We, you know what we should do? For public affairs. The
2: Fakakta podcast should probably be on the Red Maryland Network. Oi. Actually, I think that would probably we, be think, offensive. We, we get letters. I think we may be in the middle of the Fakakta podcast right now. Actually, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, you know but, what? Also, was kind of Fakakta was the uh, was the election results on Tuesday night. They were mesugar. Uh Okay, uh, I'm not up on my Yiddish, so crazy. Oh uh, well, they weren't crazy. They were sad. What's what's Yiddish
3: for sad? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't don't. I only know so much. <sighs> I'm a goyim, for heaven's sake. Well, that's
2: true. You are most
3: of my Yiddish I learned from the Greece man.
2: <laughs> do we ever tell that story on the air? Tell what story on the air? Where we offered I know,
3: think we, we have. We, we tried yes, it, we we reached reached to get the, the Grease Man board. and invite him on. He's retired. Yeah. He doesn't do it. Occasionally we'll do a Facebook video. But yeah, we did we did get a very nice response from him saying I'm retired. I can't do a Grease Man. Right. Waddle Doddle. Yeah. So <laughs> we're not the only
2: ones trying to get him on the air, believe oh, me. Oh, I know. I know. But
3: believe me. So Um
2: So let's where do you want to start? You want to start with uh Frederick or Annapolis? Let's start with—I don't care either one. Dealer's choice. Well, let's okay. So let's start with Frederick, um, because Frederick. I, you know, look, I wasn't tracking a lot of what was going on four with Frederick. years ago.
3: Let's start by saying this: four, four years, ago, years ago, we, we, we spent
2: election night in Frederick, right? Uh, and then we had, um, you know, then and that's the, that. that and a lot night, of the
3: people we were there we, celebrating with hate us.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. For,
3: it's that or beyond me because we support them. But anyway. Yeah, and, and people do
2: that. People do that. Um so in 2013, Randy McClement, of course, won a second term. Right. And then Phil Dacey was the one Republican alderman who was elected. By That's the way. True. Did not run for re-election.
3: No, he's running for he's county, running county for council. He's
2: running for county council. Right. You know, smart. Yeah. It's the, might Look, have, say what you will about the Daceys They're smart. Might have might've have seen the math on that one. Saw that yeah. one. Saw that ship coming. Yeah, Well, wow, hey. Uh yeah, the Republicans were completely wiped out in Frederick. It's a completely Democratic yeah. mayor you uh, all five members of the county of the excuse me the city council the board of aldermen are are democrats now yeah. it's a it's total it, it, total wipeout there's a theme we're going to get to the theme um, but this is how and, we I, and i will say this though i i have heard some grumbling
3: well there's going to be grumbling yeah it'll start as grumbling there was grumbling before uh yeah there's yes. there going to be you know
2: pitchforks and torches now i i have heard some grumbling that the state party focused a little too much on our second race in Annapolis and not enough on Frederick.
3: I don't know if that's true. Uh, Obviously, the state party did more than they did four years ago um, because they were able to. I know there were a lot of people who worked very hard in in those races. That that well may be an accurate criticism. Um, Certainly, if I was in Frederick... You Know that'd be one of the things that, that I'd say,
2: but and look, there are I know be people
3: critical. Look, when you get your when you get beaten, and look, these are very democratic cities, we'll get to that. But you know, we were able to really do something amazing four years ago with a shoestring budget, yes, from the state party's perspective, with a lot of people just really you know rolling up their sleeves, and we were out there too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shoe leather, knocking doors. And we kind of stole a march on the Democrats, and that kind of got some confidence going, got some mojo going, you know, springboarded into 2014. You know, there um, <laughs> that didn't happen. You know, the, nobody was going to get surprised this year. The Democrats were on their game. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what she said. Well, I, I don't know about Frederick. I'm not aware of any, because I was asked this this morning on the radio. Mm-hmm. There were some specific issues in the Annapolis race. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk get to those about. In a I'm not aware in Frederick that it was so much issue oriented, or there was some. I'm sure there was some drama we're not aware of. There the only, was last time as
2: well. The but. only drama that I that I caught wind of was Shelly Alloy, former uh, former city councilman, right. ran for mayor in 13, ran in the primary this year. Right. Ron George's running mate in 2014. Lieutenant Governor. She she, she launched a she launched a write in campaign. Well, I mean, it didn't have any effect on the outcome. Yeah, I don't think it, but. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that she decided to go ahead and launch a write-in campaign, it is it is what it is. Uh, and look, you know, you mentioned it, Frederick City, and Frederick County for that matter, is, you know, a lot more people are moving from Montgomery County well, to the, Frederick County. Right. And Frederick was all, look, Frederick's... The city was always much more Democrat. Correct. Right. You know, and, and look, Frederick's mayor, mayor bleh, the mayor's race in Frederick has been competitive Multiple times it's happened over time. I mean, obviously Randy McClement won two terms. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and and there were Republican mayors prior to him. So I mean, sure. there's it's not a, you know, look neither election is a total loss for the future. It just so ha And we'll talk about kind of the macro political environment. You know, after we talk about
3: well, Annapolis. And, but I, and I think what's important. The other thing as we go as we unpack this, you have to actually look at the results of what happened. There's everybody's mm-hmm. going to have. Their their hot take that who's going to say whatever I thought was wrong with the party before the election. This election result proves I was right. Right. Let's and you got to avoid that and actually look at what's actually going on. When you start looking at some of the numbers, there's a picture that becomes a common theme throughout all this. um, That may or you know that that some people I think it ought to challenge their preconceived.
2: We'll talk a little bit more about that. After we talk about Annapolis, you know, th- four years ago, uh, Mike Panalides won an election with 54 votes. Very close. Okay? Uh, Very and, close. But, but of course, it was a seven to two, you know, it was seven to two Democrat on yeah. the Annapolis City Council. He was the right. only Alderman Fred Payone was the only other Republican. Right. As of tonight. And he was an incumbent four years ago running. Right. And got reelected. Right. As of tonight, Fred Payone is the only Republican on the city council. Yeah,
3: it's close. Julie Massog ran a very competitive race. And I don't think the jury's totally the, the, the out. The totally yeah. uh, in that. And and, uh, you know, Mayor Pannelly. And, and uh, frankly, this iceberg was common. People saw it. Oh, yeah. With with Mayor Panelides. I, I think, I, I you know, I talked to you. Um Mike had sent out a message on Facebook the night before the election mm-hmm. that read like a concession. It really did um i think Mike knew this was coming, and I think people looking at the numbers probably did. We had been hearing rumblings before um and and when you look at the numbers, you know turnout in this in in Annapolis was uh on election day was something like thirty three percent okay which isn't setting the world on fire, but when it was four years ago, turnout was something like 18% or 20%. It was very low. Um, you see where the difference is. There oh, yeah. were, If you look district by district in Annapolis, uh, you saw turnout on Election Day range from 40% to 20%. And in those areas where they got 40%, the big turnout tended to come, and this was the message we were getting from people who were looking at this, Uh, And when you look at the numbers, it bears it out that the districts with kind of the more affluent, you know, urban liberal or, you know, urban liberal types of populations. Those folks turned out a a natural constituency for a guy like Gavin Buckley Mm -hmm. came out and were you know, some of the areas that were more African-American, more working class. You still saw about 20 percent turnout, which was a little bit better, but it wasn't blowing the doors off. And the Republicans just didn't have the numbers to overcome that.
2: At some point, you can't beat math. It is, and and let's say that let let's
3: because we're gonna get back to that theme. You and I are are political science nerds, mm-hmm. and electoral politics is a lot like war. You know, when you go study military science, a lot of it's math. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, math a and logistics. Of, it's, it's math and geometry. It is what it is. You know, it's hard to overcome that. We'd like to talk about. You know, the great generals and we like to talk about strategy and we like to talk about heroic, you know, heroic actions or whatever. The reality is it's just math. And, you know, when you look on paper and you see the demographics at the end of the day, you got to get more of your people out to the polls than they can get of their people. And some some races just, you know, it's not an even playing field and if you're able if if the other side isn't that motivated and you get out there and get motivated and get your people out look when it's 18% turnout being outnumbered 3 to 1 or 4 to 1 or 5 to 1 isn't that big a hindrance because you just need to get your guys out there you can overcome that when it ticks up to 33% which is hardly setting the world on fire from a mm-hmm. turnout standpoint um you know, suddenly the math becomes nearly impossible. Now, some of these districts, they were pretty competitive. You know, it's interesting. I interviewed on Election Focus a mm-hmm. um, friend, James Appel. Mm-hmm. And he said in that interview that his race was going to be, it was going to be a thousand people who voted on that race. He mm-hmm. was almost dead on yeah. that there were about a thousand people who voted in his race. He, But the problem was he only got 400 of those votes. Right. But, you know, we're not talking about, you know, the Democrats... Vote something exploded. We're talking about a significant uptick. Um, and there was an organization behind that. and there is motivation behind that. And Republicans uh, Re- Republicans couldn't match it. Did they, was everybody working as hard as they could? Were they really maximizing things? I think we have to look at some of the numbers to really get that story. There's going to be a lot of criticism. And, and can I
2: can I add on to something Go here? It's something that we had to, we've had we talked about the last two weeks. I don't want to beat the dead horse because we've beaten the horse pretty dead the last two weeks. Right. But when we talk about 1,000 people showing up in James Appel's district right. and him only getting 400 votes, right. okay, um, when we talked about, the utility of having a pro-gun rally two days before the election. Right. That's what we're talking about, about the fact that... And look, I'm not saying... Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the, the attempt to have this rally or if this rally had gone on would have saved the mayor's election. I no, don't, it I wouldn't. I don't think it, it would have. But I, mean, I don't do you, think it would have
3: saved election, but, 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 but the point, point's so valid. But the point
2: being is the fact that if you've got 100 people coming to a rally, if you have that many, and every one of them can knock 20 doors... In a district, that could get more people to the yeah, polls it, to yeah. you know, and, and to encourage them to, to show up. I mean, and I don't so know that, the numbers, wherever that. But and again, but, I'm not. I am not saying that the attempts to have right. a rally right. were, you know, but it but it goes to show a lack of understanding of the rally organizer about the stakes, right? And, and what impact that this. Well, but let's let's put it in the sharper focus
3: because I don't think there are going to be that many people there, or whatever. The point was, you got two alderman races that are going to end up being decided by less than 100 votes one yeah. that may be decided by 20 votes at the end of the day right um you, when you start talking about those numbers one guy coming out for another three extra hours uh in those districts could have made the difference yeah and you know when you start to see it in those numbers you start to realize why there's a desperation just to f- if if you're going to have energy there anyway go do this Um, I don't think it would have I don't it wasn't going to change the mayor's race. It wasn't going to change a race for most of those districts. But those two, I mean, look, Fred Payone, when they count the absentees and and everything else, I don't know where he's going to end up being. Um, If he wins, it's going to be very, very close. And Julie Massag, I mean, she came real, real close in a district that hasn't been uh, Republican for a while. So that could have been a great upset. She was she was a, a really good, strong candidate. Um so, you know, you so it's I guess what I would say as far as Maryland goes, the lessons we need to learn are really what was happening with turnout. Number one, it's not some atomic bomb blockbuster that we you know, no, we're all screwed. Not, not
2: as how not like how the Democrats are. The trying Democrats, to pretend. The Democrats we'll are convinced they're
3: gonna they're gonna win everything. It's not it's not that exciting. it's not that big a deal, number one. But it is a wake up call, and I think we do have to realize as as conservatives, as Republicans we got to find ways to work together and bandy together because the Democrats are going to be are going to be turning out in bigger numbers. Uh, a lot can happen between now and next year, but but uh, it's not going to be from a turnout perspective. It's not going to be 2014. No, I doesn't I, mean I, it's going to be 2006 either. I don't think
2: anything indicates that. But I agree. Before we leave these, these specific elections behind, yeah, I want to say something. I'm going to go back to something um, in March of 2015. Right. OK. Um, that's when this idea was first birthed of Annapolis hosting the Young Republican Convention. OK. Right. And I was still chairman of the YRs at the time. And I said, absolutely not. This is a stupid idea. Uh, I don't want anything to do with this. OK. Uh, and I had, had a, and, and Joe Cluster, who was the executive director of the state party at the time. State delegate now, and now a state delegate was all into the, was all into the convention, and told me all the different ways that the convention would be good for for the Maryland Republican Party, and I said, here are the three things that you have to do to convince me, um, that it's going to be a beneficial thing, okay, uh, and I told him at the time I'm concerned that it's going to distract from getting Governor Hogan reelected. I said, I'm concerned it's going to distract from the work the state party has to do to prepare for legislative elections in 2018. And I said at the time, I'm concerned that this election, that this convention will distract from getting Mike Pannellides reelected. And it's very, and and I eventually got on board with that because I was, I was assured that that wasn't going to be the case. And I'm, it's very frustrating to me two and a half years later to see how valid my concerns were. And I, not all of that is on the convention, Sure. but I tell you what, having so much focus on trying to reach out to donors and organizing and everything like that, I tell you what, that really, really frustrates me. It also frustrates me. Remember I wrote a couple of weeks ago about how the Baltimore area young Republicans were going to go knock doors in Virginia for Ed Gillespie sure. instead of coming here in, to Annapolis or Frederick or you right. know, to, to knock? Right. Um, Again, those are people who could have been working here in Maryland for Maryland candidates and instead went to Virginia to not vote to to knock doors for a candidate who got his doors blown off. And I want to talk about this just briefly about this this Virginia race, because I know. The Maryland Democrats are all so, so, are all e- are all eager beavers to talk about that. But but to, to wrap up what you're saying, there were some self
3: inflicted wounds here as well. The oh, absolutely. Democrats, oh, Democrats absolutely. did a better job. They weren't caught napping this time.
2: This mailer but issue that happened was a complete right. There was a mailer that everybody. went out in the
3: city that attacked Gavin Buckley's Australian accent or whatever that a lot of people in Annapolis, which is which you know is is a pretty cosmopolitan place in a lot of places, and a lot of people took that poorly. Um, and, you know, the people behind it are, you know, are, are known for doing this kind of stuff. It was embarrassing, I think, personally for Mayor Panolides. Uh, I don't think it cost him the election, but it didn't help. And um, maybe it was a desperate act, I don't know. Uh, but it's the kind of thing that, you know, it, it, it on, on its best Winning day, sides don't do that and it's right on its best day it's you know you want to help don't help and and on its worst day you know you definitely are making things worse and you know i'd hope the people who were behind it you know they're kind of bad guys and people have known they're bad guys particularly in annapolis for a long time it'd be nice if we could run them out but they've got some successful clients in the county so um that probably won't happen as quickly as it would but the point is you can't have that kind of crap when you're trying to win a Senate seat in, in that area mm-hmm. next time around when the governor's running for election he needs to, to you know, get every vote he can yeah. from Frederick County, from Anne Arundel County. Um, you know, you can't have that kind of nonsense. And everybody's going to have to, you know, we're going to have to work hard. We're going to have to leave it on the field. And we didn't do
2: everything we could have done this time around. I, I and want that to, played a part. I want to talk about Virginia very briefly. Okay? Go ahead. Um, you know, going into I know the last couple of days before the election, everybody thought Gillespie was tightening the race. That, that the Democrats in Virginia were running a terrible campaign, and as it turned out, the the new governor-elect of Virginia, Ralph Northam, the Democrat, just blew the doors off Ed Gillespie. Uh, and and there were a couple of reasons for that. One um, is the fact that Gillespie kind of embraced Trumpism late in the uh, late in the election. Uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure why he did what he did. But it certainly didn't help, um, which shouldn't be a surprise in a state where Hillary Clinton won very easily um, in 2016.
3: I... I don't know if it was that. See, you're doing
2: exactly what I said people shouldn't do. Well,
3: hold on. But he got Cause... more votes than any other republican governor history. Republican well, turnout that's... was ticked up by double digits. I mean, I agree. it's easy to say, ah, I told you Trump was but bad. Now, I'm a never-Trumper. Hold, hold on. He now, embraced that's Trump.
2: Not, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. that's not what I'm saying at all, all what right. I'm saying is is that Gillespie was running a certain type of campaign right seemingly they panicked and then kind of change kind of changed what they were doing there at the end which is never the sign of a campaign that's healthy well but again I, I would tend to agree with you except they got
3: more votes than anybody who' ever run in that race before I well they got more people to the polls than anybody else. it just wasn't enough right and the, and and I think and and the, I saw a great piece on election day that talked about polling in that state has always been off. Absolutely. It's off as much in favor of the Republicans as against it, that a, that a Northam, you know, landslide was as likely as a, from, from a, a polling error perspective, was as likely as a, as a tight Gillespie win, uh, though clearly the polling average and everything showed Northam was going to win that. Um, so, you know, that's part of it, too. Um, but, 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 and again, and and this is also an important statistic, the last five presidents in their first year in office, their party lost both the Virginia and New Jersey gubernatorial races. No, absolutely.
2: So this is not historically it's not unprecedented. A, it's not a surprise, no. It's, and that's...
3: And, and I, think, I think the president saying he didn't go full Trump, that's why he lost, is as error prone as saying... He should have stayed away from Trumpism entirely. That's why he lost. I'm not sure the truth lies in either one of those things. I I agree with you. And and we're not going to learn anything if that's what we make
2: it about. Well, and that's and that's the kind of the point I want to get to here is the fact that you know everybody from the media to the Democrats are all trying to you know the Democrats are giddy about how right. the Virginia election shows that Larry Hogan isn't going to
3: win in in Maryland. Well, they, they look. The Democrats in the state have believed all along. That if they get their voters out, they can't be beat, and and they can look at some of these results, and that and that affirms that they're not looking at what distinguishes Maryland from Virginia. They're not looking at the fact that even with turnout models that were more favorable to Democrats than what was that was going on in 2014, Governor Hogan still would have won. This is something we've debunked. It plays into their. Um, their revisionist history of what actually happened in 2014. But we have to be honest enough with ourselves to say this is a state that where Democrats have a built in advantage where, you know, if democratic turnout, it ticks up 15, 20%. It's going to be tough for Republicans to overcome that. No, I mean, I, I don't think
2: we should sugarcoat that. I'm, But here's, here's, here's why, you know, look, Here's why I say that what happened in Virginia has no relevance in what happened in Maryland. Not the least with which, the elections. Well, I, the I, election's a year away and we've got a solid 12 to 15 crises. I think there are, are distinguishing factors, but to say it has no relevance is wrong. The fact of the matter is this, is that you talked about, okay, more Democrats will turn out to the polls, okay? 25% of likely Democrats, if the election were held right now, are going to vote for Larry Hogan. Yeah, I understand that. The I mentioned earlier about Governor Hogan's consistency okay i understand that and those two things go a long way as to why governor hogan is going to be reelected next year i'm i know that i know that there are people who think i'm absolutely crazy
3: uh i i seem to- I, I don't think you're crazy for thinking it i think you're saying it's some sort of metaphysical certitude is just you know it's just um you know being a super fan it's not it's not I don't think you can objectively look at this look at what's going on and say what happened on Tuesday doesn't issue a red flag or shouldn't give pause the only, or concern and that everything's fine and dandy. The look, on, the red
2: the red flag let me tell you the red flag that comes to me is a couple things. One, you talked about turnout and making sure that our own people right. both Conservatives and independent and Democratic voters who lean Hogan right. show up to the polls on Election Day. Okay, right. that's that's key. If if sure. we don't do that, then yeah, the whole thing's lost. Okay, um, sure. And, right. and that that, as you mentioned, should be a wake up call. Yeah. My other concern is some of our friends um, who are who were Trump voters, right, who are saying that you know Governor Hogan is going to lose because he hasn't embraced uh, President Trump enough. Right. Um, a couple things I want to say to our friends from there. One, the president only got 29% of the vote in Maryland, okay, so please keep that in mind. Secondly, right. uh, this goes back to the consistency issue, and I mentioned how I, I believe one of the reasons that Gillespie lost is because he went from moderate dem, you know, moderate D.C. To, and don't get me wrong, by the way, Gillespie had a lot of flaws as a candidate. Don't run lobbyists for statewide office. It's a bad idea. Um, but... You know, Gillespie kind of changed his stripes there to embrace Trumpism. If Larry Hogan all of a sudden went full Trump, it would, you know, it would take away and detract from his consistency. Sure. It, it's, and it's, it would turn right. off the independent and Democratic voters who put him into office in the first place.
3: It, it's, not, it's not in his makeup to do
2: that. Right. So I don't think
3: that's that's any risk. I, I I think what we do have to say to our friends is, look. You know, we're facing a real serious challenge. I think one of our primary missions at Red Maryland is to get our base motivated, to get them pumped up. Um, There's a lot. Look, this governor can overcome what we've seen. If you look at Tuesday and you're despairing, you shouldn't because there's a lot positive about this governor. But if you're looking at Tuesday and you say, "Eh, who cares? Then you're not being you're not being honest with yourself. This governor has we've talked about it before. The best he can do is what he did four years ago, which is about 54 percent, 55 percent. Even with all the advantages he's giving himself, even if the Democrats nominate somebody who's really terrible, that's about the that's just the ceiling that he's got. And and the Democrats, God. even if 25 percent of the Democrats vote for the governor, if they turn out large numbers, that 75 percent differential will make a difference. It is math at the end of the day. The Democrats know that as well. Uh, the problem is getting their voters out is not enough for them. The governor can do that,
2: but we've got to be aware that that's their strategy. And and here's and here's here's and also too. Don't forget the um, you know, the the F troop that's running in the Democratic clown right. car right now are not the best and brightest Democratic candidates that we've ever seen.
3: I, and I and I think these results will encourage the most progressive, most left leaning candidates, and the and the and, you know I think pragmatism kind of took a hit in the Democratic primary. Electability kind of took a hit in the Democratic primary because they're going to look at what's happening in Virginia and what happened in uh, Annapolis and Frederick and say, look, we can nominate whoever we want. We're going to win. Right.
2: Cause remember, everybody, everybody assumed. I think when...
3: that's absolutely true. And I think they're going to f- they're going to fall into the trap of, of the same trap they've been making since 2014. The only reason we lost is because our voters didn't show up. They're motivated now. We had a bad candidate. I think scapegoating the candidate is always a mistake. Because it, it it avoids looking deep, doing the deep dive, which is the buzzword of the day, into what's really going on in the electorate, and it, it avoids um, doing the kind of soul searching and changing that we've been, you know, telling the Democratic Party they haven't been doing for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but I think as Republicans, we got to be aware. Look, this governor's look, you run statewide as a Republican in Maryland, you are running as an underdog, of course.
2: And we just need to have that mindset. But and I, I do think you're right insofar as is the fact that the, dem- the democratic base, the resist types, are so energized now. Yeah. Some of these people these people are going to show up in droves in the democratic primary, which makes some of these radical left wing candidates yeah. that much more electable in the democratic primary
3: look look i think ben jealous won on tuesday night i mean oh, absolutely I think, I think he was a big winner coming out of tuesday night the the rusher and baker kind of sidling up as the more electable candidate that argument's not going to hold as much sway when people just point to virginia and say well you know we can and especially when you look down ballot at virginia that's another thing which you was just a complete nightmare for which, Republicans. which is which is a lot bigger than just who's at the top of the ticket okay um Look, the Democrats have been organizing. And and you know what? There's some criticism to say that our side antagonizing the left, which many on our side take as great sport, there's a consequence of that, you know? Um, And I'm not saying we shouldn't challenge the left or we shouldn't stand up for what we believe in, but just, just uselessly antagonizing rather than challenging and trying to persuade which is what the governor has tried to do. Um, I, I, th- I think that's why that kind of purely divisive kind of rhetoric, um, it, it, it just can't work in Maryland, not in a statewide race. It just can't work. Um, the Trump approach, the Trump style, can't work in Maryland. And I know we Absolutely have some, not. and I know we have some re- Maryland Republicans who think it can, and all of those who've tried it, on anything bigger than, you know, a very small delegate, you know, seat that's that's that's, you know, heavily Republican, they've gotten their doors blown off. Hi, Pat McDonough. Yeah. Okay. I wanna
2: I wanna say something else here too before we go to a break, is the fact that I'm seeing I, I'm seeing a lot of Eeyore nonsense on on you know on on Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff like that, how there's no chance of us to do anything. We're gonna get our doors blown off. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, blah. the Don Murphys of the world You're who not, didn't
3: think we could ever do it in the first place. Yeah, you know,
2: and and allegedly there are Republicans who are you know bad mouthing. I mean, our chances and going to to left wingers yeah. to say that, which is nonsense. Yeah. Um, you know, look, keep it to yourself. If you don't want to run, nobody's forcing you to run. We can find somebody who you know else who wants to be, you know, to to. Support conservative principles who will run in your place. End of end of sermon. Are you saying elected officials who don't want to run because of it? I'm saying if you if you're not, committed, I've not seen anybody. If you're not that. committed to the cause, you shouldn't run. You know, to to actually, <laughs> if you don't think you can win, you know, in a competitive district, don't run. Okay, okay?
3: I don't know who you're referring to, but so. guys like Don. Look, Don's a good friend of ours. Don's a very smart guy, but he is, he, he's not even Eeyore. He's a complete contrarian. I can remember him clearly telling me in 2013. We're never going to elect another Republican. uh Bob Ehrlich was a once in a lifetime fluke. It's never going to happen. um If we listened to the Don Murphys of the world, we wouldn't be where we are now. and Don's a great guy, but he'll never admit how wrong he was on that. and you know it, he's just pursuing his agenda to do everything it's just the party has to do everything differently, and he's just a contrarian at this point and i and I you know, I wish Don would get over that a little bit. Um, we have a real chance to accomplish something we've never done before. We have a real chance to do that. It's not a metaphysical certitude, okay? Which I kind of have a problem with. With us saying, "Oh, it's it's all you know," uh, dicka beats the hurricane. Um, we we got a real we got a real fight on our hands, and we shouldn't be we shouldn't have any illusions about that. But we got a real chance to do something. I mean. It, we're still in a very good position, and we got a lot of time. People get over the, the immediate impact of this, and, and but we do have to look at the numbers, and we do have to be realistic. Look, and other things can help, okay? The governor's going to do his part. He's been doing a great job. He comes out today, talks about tax cuts. He's going to go into legislative session with another good budget. Mm-hmm. He's going to work his butt off. He's going to have good, smart people around him doing that. He's going to do his part. we got to do our part. We can't control what's going on in Washington. If, if Washington gets its act together a little bit, does some positive things, if the economy takes off the way that it shows signs it might be, a lot of those headwinds go down significantly. If they don't, and it's more bitter and more divisive and more unpopularity on our side coming out of Washington, it is going to be a drag. I mean, there's no way to say that it's not going to be a drag, no matter how well and how adroitly the governor can can, you know, dodge that and and separate himself effectively with discerning voters, um, it's going to be a drag, and, and we're going to have to overcome it.
2: Let's take a quick break. We'll be talking about Roy Moore on the flip side. Give me the sign. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network.
0: You can help Red Maryland grow our reach. When you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal, a portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash maryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on a Red Maryland Talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network.
2: We're we're back, Red Maryland Radio, on the Red Maryland Network. I am Brian. He is Greg. Good to be here. And you're welcome to Hee Haw. (laughs)
3: Yeah. There you go.
2: So, Roy Moore was in the news today. I don't know if you heard Greg. Um I've heard something about yeah. it. Yeah, um, let me start off. By the way, with if you are defending Roy Moore at this point, please seek counseling.
3: Um, it's it's uh, it, it's a growing scandal, and it and uh, it's some people get ahead of themselves and trying to figure out what's going on. It's, yeah. But the reason we bring it up is
2: there is a local angle to this.
3: There, Brian will point it out. I, hey, I got to play the song. So <laughs> I've been sitting on that Breaks.
2: theme song for months.
3: So here it is. Go ahead
2: yeah so um, one of the big supporters of Roy Moore um, and not just not just his Senate campaign but also going back to his judicial campaign Sure, way back going back to the Ten Commandments issue um, receiving the endorsement of Roy Moore when he yes. ran for president of the United States in 2004 is uh, is Greg's county councilman, Michael Peruca. That's right. And Greg, we've talked about it on the show before. About, um, you know, about how there has been attempts to monopolize the time on the county council uh, question time to make political statements about Michael Perutka. There's a very organized effort by the the radical fringe socialist left here in Anne Arundel County to pin down Perutka on by the way. yeah to pin down Perutka on all sorts of all sorts of baggage that we covered three years ago.
3: Yeah, and yeah. Did you know he was in a group called, you know
2: Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we wrote, we about, wrote it. about it. Yeah. Three years ago.
3: <laughs> we we posted Where the video been? that he said stake it down. Yeah. Saying, you know, when there was when the original constitution was passed,
2: we smelled a rat. I mean that yeah. Oh we know. Yeah, we're aware of that. <laughs> um so the fact that you're this late to the party <laughs> Yeah. You know, absolutely. okay. But So this will be another one they'll try to tag him. Right, with, is and, what you're saying. and and you know, look, we don't know. We don't know anything at this point, okay? Uh, we know that, that thirty people were were sources for the Washington Post story. Right. We know I think five of them were identifying. I, I I admittedly like have that. not had a chance to sit down with the full story right. yet. I know that Moore is talking about a defamation suit. Oh, he should absolutely. Um, well, I if, mean, if it's not if true, if it's not true, if yeah. it's not
3: true, he should be saying this is a coordinated smear campaign. This is outrageous. This is absolutely not true. This is this is a new low in politics to try to take a decent man out. If it's not true, that's one thousand
2: percent all he should be doing. At the same time, you've got Breitbart and Hannity trying to say, "Well, it's okay." Basically, you know,
3: which is which is best trying to mitigate the allegation by saying, "So she was fifteen. So what? It was only kissing."
2: No. Yeah. No, I, I tell wrong you what. Wrong approach. If if when my when, wrong approach. If, if my daughter's fourteen one day, and and well, God willing, and, she well, you know what I mean. Will be yes. and 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 a thirty-two-year-old man is kissing her. He's going to have a non-consensual relationship with a shotgun. Yeah, no, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just beyond the pale.
3: Right, which is why it's so horrendous what's being said, and why the response only can be. It's absolutely untrue. That's an outrageous, horrible thing you're accusing me of, and it's one thousand percent false. Right. I mean,
2: I, I, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm of multiple minds on this. Obviously, the fact that it, all of this is coming out in this climate is understandable. The fact that it is coming out a month before the election. Right. The fact that he's been in public life for twenty plus years, and this is only coming out now. Yeah. There are a lot of questions. Okay. Yeah.
3: I'm not saying. I'm not saying but, that that we. That anybody should believe it. And if it was true, we talked about this before we went on the air. This guy knows what he did his whole life. If there was a concern that something like this could happen, good campaigns know how to deal with this and get in front of it.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, and look, there are there are a lot of reasons why Moore is a rotten candidate. Okay, he is a bad candidate for a variety of reasons. But the people who are tripping over themselves to defend Moore. Just because a bad story came out about him, and yeah. again, give it. This isn't. This isn't like some of the bad stories that come out. It's like, oh well, he had a DUI, or George Bush may or may not have, you know, snorted cocaine in 1978. That's that's one thing. Okay? Well, okay, those those are two. Interesting. The cocaine stuff came out early in the primaries,
3: right? And Bush dealt with it, correct? And he ad- he admitted he had a past, and he found Jesus, and he came around. The DUI thing was a last-minute thing. Um, and part of the problem wasn't so much that he got a DUI, but it, 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 it seemed like, you know, his dad helped cover it up. and But he came out and he dealt with it. Um, he didn't come out in front of that because it had been sealed and no, they never thought anybody would be able to pull it out, which probably was mistaken. Certainly in this day and age, no one should ever think that. Um, and this is, you know... I. I don't know. Here's the problem, here's the problem. And and this is this is unfortunately on our side and this is important to keep in mind. You know, when the stuff came out about Trump and all, you know, he's on audio talking about doing really un you know, horrible things. Let's just be honest. Um people went out of their way to defend him because yeah, yeah he's a creepy SOB um who I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to leave alone with my daughter, but he's not Hillary Clinton. Right. So it's okay. That's when you get into a mistake.
2: That's a mistake. You don't have to defend bad behavior. One of the things that that, that I'm I'm proud of in our 10 years at Red Maryland has been that we don't excuse bad behavior from Maryland conservatives or Maryland Republicans just because they put on a red jersey in the morning. Well, we don't believe in, you know, he's
3: a son of a bitch, but he's our son of a bitch philosophy. It's bad politics in our opinion.
2: Right. And if you're going to be the party of character, you need to have leaders of character. If you
3: want look if you want you need to have if you want to be successful as a political party you want to try and strive to be the party that ha- believe me if one party had the good politicians they would win more elections you know every you know the, the reason why everybody thinks every politician is corrupt is because we've allowed that to happen and yeah, if we and if we did here. something about it, it starting with cleaning up our own house we'd all be a lot better off and so- i understand people are human but there have to be consequences for actions as well, and I, I hope this is all false and I hope that he comes out and denies it vehemently and that none of it's true.
2: That being said, and, and we'll wrap up the subject on this is the fact that given his given his support for you know for Roy Moore in the past, this is going to come up as an issue. I mean, somebody is going to ask Michael Peruka. Oh
3: this. sure. They're gonna put a microphone. What do you think about this? And, and he, he better have, have some... he
2: better have a good answer. Uh, you know, and look and look, 50-50 chance and look an maybe they maybe that answer is Roy Moore is a person I've known for a long time and this is nothing like him and and okay it, I don't the, the 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 answer should not be what I'm seeing from some of these jack wagons like Hannity and some of these other people like like you said oh it's only she's only fourteen it's not a big deal
3: yeah that's I, horrible I think the answer is if we're giving out free advice counsel and this would be my suggestion I know Roy Moore of a person as a person of honesty. And integrity and high moral value, he's demonstrated that for the decades that I've known him, these allegations are shocking and horrible, and I don't believe them.
2: There you go. That's the answer. There That's you go. the answer. Free advice from Greg Klein. Greg, I do have some good news. Oh, I love good news. Yeah, we're not going to have a two-hour show tonight. That is great news.
3: That's really good news for our listeners. By the way, you said I was filibustering at the end of the last break. I was being Jerry. I was channeling Jerry Rogers is what I was doing. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> I miss them guys. Those guys doing a show. It's been a, been a been a while since yeah. they've done a show. They don't listen to us, so it doesn't really matter. Eh, well. I, you know, I drive a lot, so it's nice to have some Yeah. No, I enjoyed listening, especially we listen driving to them all the time. Especially driving to work in the morning cuz god, morning radio is just hot garbage in the morning. it's just terrible with the exception of Mike Bradley in the morning on WJMD. Yes, yes, that is true. That is true. Mike always has the local flavor, which is which is which is very very fun. I know more about Dewey Beach listening to that station than I ever imagined I would know. I got to admit, I'm not sure I've ever done anything but drive through Dewey Beach. I don't I don't recall ever going there other than on my way to like Rehoboth or something like that. Right. I've learned a lot about Rehoboth too. They're l-
3: sorted little burgs. From what I can tell, <laughs> quite a bit of scandal. Well, I, look, and 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 people if we know, are shredding documents, throwing them in dumpsters. It's fascinating. And if we
2: know one thing, there's all sorts of things to write about on the Eastern Shore. As 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 many people may remember from like when Red Maryland first started, at one point Salisbury was probably the most covered little town on on planet Earth. You had like what there was what four four different blogs yeah. at one point were covering yeah. covering Salisbury local politics. Only one has survived, and I it's that's an unreadable mess. Um, most of which, of course, is just copied and pasted from other news sources. But hey,
3: it's he, a skim site. They call it. They have they, they have a name for it now. Isn't that what they call it?
2: I I I am not familiar with that term. So it's garbage. But I can whatever. I can tell you An where aggregator y- is a friendlier term for it. But it's really a skim site. Uh yes. And uh, but hey, it gets it gets a lot of advertising. And hey, he hasn't run for mayor recently. So there you go. You know where you get original content, there you Greg? Go. You know where you get original? has written a book either. <laughs> two actually really yeah there was a second one that was coming but yeah. um well look we can't all we can't all gaze at navels and you know do do the weekend of local rock but that's not our that's not our scene <laughs> not our scene you could be an architect just don't write like an architect
3: <laughs> but that's me what do i well, god forbid a, to be a lawyer i mean yeah god, i'm a scummy guy who represents the dregs of society
2: right you know, maybe that's the thing is the fact that you you are a defense attorney providing helping people defend themselves against the government. And maybe, he, you know, because Dirk is not a defense attorney, you know, and works in in construction law, that makes it better. I don't know. You tell he, me. He represents Big Bridge. Big Bridge.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's a corporate slave. <sighs> <to> Big Bridge. <laughs> um, I, I would be remiss, by the way, we'll talk to Dirk and Patrick. Uh. You know Patrick O'Keefe and everybody else. We will be, of course, next appearing next Friday. Oh, we'll have some questions about the election at the uh, at the Maryland Republican Party convention. We'll uh, will be will uh, uh, we'll buy Jerry a beer. He'll need one. He will need one. Yeah. Yes. Um, we feel for you, buddy. And uh, I think actually Langer may actually be trying to do his uh, his BAL show on, from the convention on Saturday morning. I haven't gotten confirmation. Oh, that would be it, great. Uh, I won't be there Saturday. I got a previous engagement, but maybe you can be there at seven a.m. <laughs> to go on the air with him if I'm invited. I, don't, I, I think they have a picture of me at BAL, you know, persona non
3: grata. <laughs> but if I'm invited, I would love to. I would love to. Um, and I wouldn't show up the host or the station that I'm on. I, I you know, I'm housebroken. <laughs> <laughs> for the best political coverage, don't go to WBAL.com. Go to Red Hey, look,
2: if, if, if I'm not going to put myself over, nobody's going to do it for me.
3: No, I, I think there's an opportunity to promote, but. You know, you have to be different. Let's
2: be. Let's be real.
3: Who's really listening Saturday morning at nine Oh, now don't do that! <laughs> How dare you? That is a fifty thousand watt blowtorch you know, heritage radio station.
1: You know they're getting that by. The our way,
3: friend is on and doing a bang up. Job. He is doing, doing a, a bang up job. job. He is. Um, we kid because we care. No, we kid because we're hideously jealous. That's why. Let's not let's not even <laughs> pretend that it's anything else. We're only
2: nice to him because we we think he can help us once. Uh, did you know by the way BAL's getting an FM repeater? Did you hear about this? I did not. Yeah, they supposedly they're getting they're getting some some signal to get an FM repeater downtown. Good. I know that when I try to listen to BAL down my house, it's terrible because I I don't know what it is down in Pasadena. But it's you know you get get close to the water and the signal is terrible. I will
3: occasionally listen to the car if my phone doesn't sync up. That's kind of what it defaults to. Yeah, but if I'm listening to BAL, I'm still listening to it through my phone most. Okay, well that's that's probably fair. Um, you get a much better signal on the phone. I listen to C4. He's great. It's not mutual, but C4 is great. <laughs> he doesn't really think much of me, but that's okay.
2: <laughs> C4, of course, actually talks about local issues, and that's what's... Uh, he mixes it in. That's he what's nice. He mixes it in.
3: That's so, yeah, nice. absolutely.
2: Um, for the best, though, in local I'm issues, available, c For the best in local issues, though, you go to redmaryland.com. That's right. That's where you go. And, you know,
3: covering some of those issues, having someone from Red Maryland on his show, even as in some sort of review capacity, might be something... There you go. I'm too proud to beg, though. That's a threshold I haven't crossed yet.
2: You're not. No, which I'm is why I'm you're you and I'm me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um hey, I share I share the wealth. So, at least in that regard. Yes. So. Uh look, redmerrellin.com. You're not implying I don't do you. No. Okay. No, all right, um redmaryland.com, of course. You know, look, this week, what have I written about this week? I said You've written a lot of things. I wrote about th- you know what 2017 means 2018 it does i wrote a piece of saying that you know brian Frost has has committed an impeachable offense which of course took off like a rocket yeah which it's is- not clickbait. he actually did he is
3: derelict in duty and and there's a constitutional thing and it took off so yeah it's good it's getting your attention we're grabbing your attention with the impeach for you guys who only read the headlines on facebook that's for you but the article is substantive and good yeah, no, it's, it's it's a
2: compliment, man. I'm not. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it is it is it is nice to you know. And and look, we got stuff to talk about all the time. Okay, yeah. it's not. It's never the down season. I was asked about
3: a very good. We didn't get to it on WGMD, but okay. on the list of things we were going to get to was the the very good piece that you did, slightly different writing style um, about uh, Senator Madalino and his oh. hypocrisy on on educational spending.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's that it's, you wrote. I did write it, and yes. um, it was, uh, thank you for that. It yes, was, it was very well written. Thank you. Um, <laughs> by the way, Mike, speaking of good writing, my, um, my my capital column should run tomorrow. It didn't run last week because they were running stuff in the can election. We, can we get a preview? Um, I, the teachers' union won't be happy. Good. Especially Sean Johnson, the teachers' union spokesman. He's not going to be very happy. Good. Assuming they left the line in, I'm sure is, you. I'm, sure I'm assuming you the a, editors left the line in, which we'll see what that, that actually. I'm sure you
3: get right. a great response when to those pieces. I've not. I've not asked you. We, have, we only have a couple minutes left, but you know, do you get I, a I good response you, when I, you're I, in I the capital? You, I, well, that first off,
2: edition, I imagine you do. First off, I never read the comments on the website, obviously, because that's yeah. New. But you have your email and stuff, and every I'm sure once in a while, I get you. a comment. I'm. I know there's one particular person who I'm sure will, who, who has emailed me before who's going to love this column. Okay. Won't I won't, uh, I, won't um, I won't spoil it. Okay. But, um, All right. Every good. once in a while, I, I can tell you the truth. I'm sure the, many people. The, will enjoy the, it. the Pam Beidel column, right, uh, ticked did, off did ticked the, off some people. Did the good delegate reach out to you? No, but a Republican member of the oh use the scary air quotes uh, there. Republican member of the appointment Can't commission be. said that I was full of it, which is only interesting because. Um, on the appointment commission you mean the nominating the commission? nominating, yeah the appoint the nominating commission who, okay. who put forth uh Colin Reinhardt and said that he was the most qualified candidate i only find that interesting uh, because you have this that's repub- why i use a scary, well, you the scary scare this, quotes of well, a republican well this republican member of the commission uh is the spouse of a very high ranking person at heritage which i found very interesting that they would then be putting a democrat on the board of education who has a political future just saying interesting just saying Interesting, yeah. So every once in a while, letters letters pop up like that in the paper. Good. well but I look forward to I'm, seeing your piece. I'm I'm looking forward to, to it being.
3: And printed. people can find a link at our Facebook page,
2: uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it yeah. will it will appear. So look forward to that. And of course, just like you should look forward to all the Red Maryland Network uh, programming on our network uh, tomorrow. Uh, the election focus returns. Got a new one. Got a great. Uh, we're, you know, we're
3: focused on 2018, so we've got a great interview with a. Uh, General Assembly candidate, who I think you're going to find very interesting. had a great interview today. I'm going to have some thoughts on the election as we go forward um, on Election Focus as well, but that'll be this week's show. Check it out. Sounds good. And we didn't do any conservative Refuge this week because, as I told Brian, I wanted to keep our reaction fresh. So we've done that. Though I did filibuster. I have to go back to my own show to filibuster. (laughs) Sunday night. Some uh people enjoy just me talking.
2: Um. Sunday night, speaking of a show where, I, where people one person is just doing all the talking, uh, will be a brand new episode of the Air Raid. Uh, right. we'll, we'll see what that turns out. So we'll see what I talk about. Well, you should be well rested from your three-day weekend. Clearly. 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 I have no idea what going to talk about yet. It's, it's a long way to Sunday, man. Um, <laughs> it's a Ravens bye week this week, so I will the not. The Raiders also on a bye week. I will not be sitting around watching football probably. Be taking, a, taking a nice walk. Fizi- I have
3: family in from out of state, so I'll be up at my mom's house visiting okay. with them.
2: And then Tuesday, the refuge will return. And then we'll be yes. back next Thursday for a brand new episode of The Flagship. We and shall. then, of course, next Friday night, Maryland State Party, uh, Republican Party convention. That's the preserve at Arundel Mills in Arundel yeah. Mills, right yes. off of Arundel Mills Boulevard. We're looking forward to it. We hope you come out. Yeah, it'll be one the next-to-last convention before the primary, so I'm sure it'll be an interesting evening to be had by everybody. You should go to RedMaryland.com, by the way, and click on Support Us. That's where you can find a link to subscribe to all of our Red Maryland network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play. You can also subscribe to our newsletter. You can also download our uh, our street team stuff, our flyers that you can use to um, print those off and, and, and share Red Maryland with your friends. You can also... Uh, it's also got our social media links on there Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. We're on Twitter at Red Maryland. We're Instagram at Red Maryland. And of course, that's where you can use our Amazon link to make your purchases through that Amazon link. And a portion of those proceeds come back to Red Maryland Radio to help us grow and enhance the network. If you were in need of a, of a Christmas hat like Greg has, sure, uh, you're going to want to use that link and, and buy that from Amazon. You can also do your Christmas shopping at Zazzle.com slash Red Maryland and give Red Maryland Network a gift, the gift of Red Maryland. T-shirts make a great gift. They save do. our
3: flag is still there. A lot of great designs.
2: Indeed, save our flag—the most wildly popular shirt we've ever we've yeah. ever produced. By the way, yeah, people love it. Yeah, and um, and of course, get Instagram at Red Maryland. You can also PayPal.me/RedMaryland. That's how you can throw us a couple of bucks. Just throw
3: well, us a couple of bucks. It does help. We pr- we use it all
2: to promote what we do. Right, and uh, of course, the home base for all things Red Maryland: RedMaryland.com. Email address is redmaryland at gmail.com. That's how you get in touch with us. That's right. The phone number, 410-205-4875. What's that number? 410-205-4875. We will feature your comment on a future Red Maryland Network Love program. To. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say, by the way, if you go to redmaryland.com, click on the November poll.
3: Yeah, vote in the poll. Lots
2: of people are voting in the poll. Good. And it's also the nominations for the Red, Red Maryland, Maryland awards. 2017 Awards. Yes. Yes conservative of the year, conservative organization of the year, legislator of the year, county official of the year. Yes. Um campaign of the year, that might be a little tough category to judge this year. And um yes. and 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 of course, <laughs> least valuable conservative and boy howdy, that is going to be a very very contested race. Yeah,
3: I think we're going to have some interesting nominations and 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 the voting will be fascinating. It will fascinate you. It
2: will fascinate you. But that voting will come in December. We'll be announcing uh, we'll be announcing the results thanksgiving week on the 21st at a special tuesday night show and okay uh, well unless you do unless you're going to be home thanksgiving night i don't i don't think actually we're... i will be but okay, we well, can we'll... do it we can do the
3: show tuesday we'll talk it's about fine. we'll talk no, about no 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 we can do the show tuesday it's fine well i don't know i don't we hadn't talked about
2: it before i know not... it's
3: perfectly fine to do the show tuesday okay we'll,
2: we'll talk about cuz i'm not sure what my plans on thanksgiving are yet so we'll see we're not we're going to do the show on tuesday okay we're doing the show tuesday i will be here though in answer
3: to your query
2: okay so, Greg, any final thoughts?
3: Uh, hang in there. We will get there. I mean, okay. that's why we say that. The election result is, should be uh, a call to action. Uh, there's no need to get dispirited, but uh, it's a wake up call for sure. We got our work cut out for us.
2: For everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening. For Brian Grivis, I'm Brian Griffith. He's Greg Klein. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland. radio, oh, radio tell me everything.